0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your buddy Duke here, and welcome back to another long-awaited episode of Sippin' See. I know it's been a minute. I know I get it. It's been a year with some change. You listen, I've got shit to do, and this quarantine has been driving me a little crazy. Although I am happy for the break and to be in my own place away from people because people don't wash their hands but regardless of all that i'm back i don't know when i'm gonna be back after this but as of right now i'm here and i've got a treat for you carlos king the infamous carlos king is here to talk about all of the favorite shows i know you know him real housewives of atlanta the next 15 hollywood divas uh love and marriage huntsville uh love and hip-hop atlanta i i mean he's done everything you can't I, I mean i've got royalty royalty so stay tuned he's coming up be sure be sure to share this episode in your groups on twitter instagram let him know carlos king is here and he's spilling some tea let's get into this episode All right, we are back, and I am so excited because I've got the king of reality television with me. That's right, the man behind some of your favorite shows, such as Love and Marriage Huntsville, Hollywood Divas, Real Housewives, Love and Hip Hop, The Next 15. The list goes on and on and on. You guessed it, you know it, none other than Carlos King. Carlos, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, Duke? It's good. It's good. How are things with you in this quarantine and and all of that fun stuff? You know what? Listen, like most Americans,
1: it was definitely a knee-jerk reaction Mm -hmm. having to have the world stop, which is something no one experienced in their lifetime. Um, so it took a lot of spiritual depths in order to really understand how to come out of this unscathed Mm -hmm. and, and truly a better person. And although we're still living in it, um, I do feel good about what this has presented itself in terms of recognizing what's important and what isn't. I think you know, not for nothing that's something that i I have appreciated out of this whole situation,
0: so right so, in there yeah i i I get it I'm hanging on a little bit as best as I can, hanging on to what sanity I have, but you know <laughs> it's going it's going so you as a creative people i I've heard other creatives say that this time of sheltering in place and quarantining has been really inspirational for them, so have you? in this time, gotten any inspiration, any ideas that have just come about since you've been sheltering in place?
1: I have actually, yeah. You know, when when, when everything started happening in March with the stay-at-home order, it, it took a lot of regrouping that me and my, my staff had to do in terms of how we normally operated the business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That also included being creative and figuring out how to, you know, shoot a show that is COVID proof. And what that means is obviously back in March and April, especially it was the idea of like, how can we produce television without (laughs) people being in front of each other? Mm -hmm. And we, we were able to have some success in that. And in addition to what a lot of people don't know is we were in the middle of filming Love and Marriage Huntsville when all of this happened and we had to stop down and make sure that everybody was safe. So when the show debuts Saturday, July 11th at 8 o'clock Eastern time, um, you get a chance to see 10 episodes of what the season was like. And towards the end of the season, um, you get to see what was happening while COVID was being first talked about. So you get a chance to see what the cast was talking about, which was, of course, an interesting narrative to have them address. And um, yeah, so I I think in both ways, it it allowed creative people like myself to just exercise different creative muscles that we haven't used before, um, which was different. But at the same time, we were able to thank God, we were able to come out of it with some really great ideas.
0: Good. So speaking of love and marriage, Huntsville, like you said, it premieres, the new season premieres this Saturday on OWN. Um, I am one of the people, I got into the show late.
1: Mm-hmm. But when
0: I say I was captivated by these you never think of, first, Huntsville, Alabama, it's not a place that you really think of. It's kind of like when the Real Housewives of Potomac came out. People's like Potomac. Where is that? What is what's that about? So you never really think about Huntsville as a good location for reality television content. But this show has taken me by surprise, <laughs> and <laughs> it is it is so good. Just the dynamics of successful black people and their marriage and their business and people wanting traditional marriages and people that have been dating for an extended amount of time. And infidelity, what can you tell me? I know the show is premiering Saturday, but in so many words, what can we expect from this new season?
1: Duke, expect the unexpected. And I mean that. I do mean that. I know a lot of people like to say that when low-key... The tea ain't hot, Mm -hmm. but expect the unexpected in the sense of it's a fascinating season where you get a chance to see Melody give birth to her and new baby in the midst of the infidelity that they had to deal with, Mm -hmm. in the midst of the gossip logs, really talking about them on a regular basis, to the friendships between um, the Holtz and the Scots, between Marceau and and, and Martel Mm -hmm. with with Maurice in the middle, and then the, the, the issues between Melody and Tisha, with Kimmy in the middle, oh and then Miss Tisha's mama, who is everything in life.
0: <laughs> There's um, always a mama. How is that? There's always a mama that is just reality TV no. gold. Like,
1: you know I'll oh, go ahead, Duke. I'm sorry.
0: No, I'm just thinking of, like, Mama Joyce, Mama Dee all the mamas there's just always a mama around that's gold
1: yes so it's interesting obviously when we put the show together we only focused on the couples right the hopes the scots and at that time it was the 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 scots on the horizon because Maurice and kimmy were about to get married right we did not even know miss wanda existed and what happened was my first time meeting miss wanda was at Maurice and Kimmy's wedding.
0: Mm.
1: And it was this woman at the table reading Marcel for Phil. And I was like, who is that? <laughs> and they were like, that's Tisha's mom. And I promise you, Duke, I was like, oh, she's everything. And we need to see more of her next season. <laughs> I I just knew I knew I knew I knew that was just a small taste of what she had to offer. Because she was herself. And it's interesting because when you think about these these iconic reality shows, there is a mom that is sort of the staple of those shows. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you, it's not even like, you know, you you cast them, because you don't cast anybody's mom. It's more so like, (laughs) it's more so like, you'll just be surprised that there is a mother amongst the cast that is as iconic as a Mama Joyce, as a Mama Jones, as a Mama D. Mm-hmm. And now they are talking about it. What's interesting is the the iconic mothers are always the mother of a child that isn't the most. Um, what's wrong? I'm looking for isn't a, isn't the most you know like outgoing, right? Like when right. you think about Mama Joyce, Candy isn't the most. Um, exuberant person, right? Right. Yeah. You mm-hmm. think about Mama D. Scrappy is the most exuberant person. When you think about Mama Jones, I love hip hop. Jim Jones is the most exuberant person. So it's always interesting that the mothers are are always much more exuberant than the cast. Mm-hmm. So Ms. Wanda, is that for us?
0: <laughs> wow. I well, I can't wait to see it. I'm going to be tuned in this Saturday on OWN. I can't wait. I'm going to be tweeting about it. Um, So before, I've I've solicited questions from a lot of Housewives fans, a lot of Love & Hip Hop fans. But before we get to that, let's back all the way up, and let's start with you. How did you get into this industry that has now boomed to reality, television, this whole thing? How did you get your start in it?
1: So I I'm from Detroit, Michigan. And I wanna say I was a junior in college. Mm-hmm. I left Detroit and said, you know what, I need to really I need to really exercise on my faith and go after my dreams. And during my time in Detroit, and maybe it was maybe it was a year before I left. So Aaliyah, the singer, passed away, right, in the the plane crash. And Aaliyah at the time was living in Detroit, and she was, the way we look at Diana Ross, or I should say our parents or grandparents look at Diana Ross, being a staple in Detroit, Aaliyah was that for people my age. So when she passed away at an early age, that was sort of a message for me that you really have to live your life because you never know how long you have on this earth. So I left Detroit, moved to New York, and I just started interning at different places. I interned at The View.
0: Oh, we love The View.
1: Love The View. This was Star Jones, Joy
0: Wehar. So were you around um, when Star Jones quit on the air? I wasn't. I was...
1: That happened
0: maybe a year after.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe a year after. I was there, so... It was Meredith Vieira, Star Jones, Joy Behar, and they just hired Lisa Ling. Mm, Okay, got it. So I was an intern at The View, and I interned at Def Jam Records. I just wanted to be like Puff Daddy, because Puff Daddy said (laughs) you need to intern because if you work for free, anybody will hire you, but that's how you get your foot in the door. So I said, okay, I'm going to like (laughs) just apply for these internships. And I did that. And um, my last internship was at BET, and I was responsible for helping out the staff of 106 and Park. And at this time, Free and AJ were were the host. So I was doing that, and then a year later, I was offered a production assistant job on this show called BET Style that Melissa Ford hosted with Big Tigger. Yeah, so I started there. Then I got a promotion to be an associate producer, and I was still at BET. And at this time, this reality show called The Hills Mm debuts, and I was obsessed with The Hills, like beyond, like the soap opera of it all. Right. Like it was, it was like nothing I've seen ever on television. And I was telling all of my friends, like, I want to do a reality show. Like, I need to start doing reality TV. And then a mutual friend of mine, um, she had an offer to do this show in Atlanta about these group of Black women who live in Atlanta for Bravo. And she knew how obsessed I was with the Hills. And she said, would you go to Atlanta and do this show? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. It's a reality show. You know, that's my dream. So I had no idea. No, let me back up. And then she said, "Um, it's a show about a group of Black women who are, like, rich and successful, and they're thinking about calling it The Real Housewives. Have you heard of that? And I said, I think I've seen The O.C., but I wasn't really into it. No shade. I I did not watch The O.C. like that at all. So I was like, oh, sure, whatever. So I started watching the OC, and then at that time, before I left New York to go to Atlanta, New York Housewives came on. And I was like, okay, let me watch, do my research. So that's how I got into reality, doing the Atlanta Housewives. And from there, I, I guess you could say the rest is history, but that was the first reality show that I produced. And I knew within two weeks, I was like, this is what I meant to do i i love every bit of it loved it
0: so you got your start in reality in reality television season one of the atlanta housewives so you got to see (laughs) i'm thinking back of all that footage Mm -hmm. like priceless you know this the very first issue that we saw on the show was Nene being left off of Sheree's guest list <laughs> <laughs> and causing a fit in her driveway um, with Kim Zosiak in those wigs. I mean, <laughs> that first season is gold. Shout out to Hulu because that's... Every- so, you, so you were behind all of that greatness. Wow, that's... that's no, amazing.
1: so it's funny you brought up that moment. Um, So the moment I knew I loved this genre and 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 i knew this show was going to be iconic i was at sheree's party and as a producer you are assigned to different cast members right Mm -hmm. so i was assigned to nene leaks go figure so my job was to just follow whatever nene was doing so we get to so yes, I was there when her and Kim had that moment at the gas station where Kim changed the dress, right? Remember that? Uh-huh. So I was there for that. And then we followed them to Sheree's house party. So I'm standing outside because, again, my job is to be behind Nene. Whatever Nene does, I got to follow her right, with my camera crew. Mm-hmm. So when Nene did not get in the party and that whole commotion happened, I spoke to my girl and I said, This is going to be the best show we've ever done in our lives. I said, I promise you, I feel it. Because that moment, you've never seen anything like that. You never seen, <laughs> you never see somebody go to a party, dress to the nines. They get up to the door and their name is not on the list. And then they cause all this commotion. And mind you, they're in a gated community. That's epic. I don't Security care what anybody says. The
0: escorted her out onto the, side, onto the driveway.
1: <laughs> it was, it was, it was, I, I
0: mean, the only word I can use to
1: describe it is it was iconic. And I'm a little, listen, I'm a little AP and associate producer. And I'm just like, this cannot be happening. This cannot be happening. And that was the day, I promise you, dude, that was the day I was like, oh, this is going to be the biggest show on television. I, I knew. And we were only shooting, just so you know, we were only shooting for a week.
0: Oh, that was a weekend, and that's when it, wow. Yeah. Wow, a weekend, and that is the start yes. <laughs> of Sheree and Nini's feud. Wow. Love it. Yeah. So l- let me ask you this. Speaking of that moment and you being an AP, Mm-hmm. What goes through your mind? You know, you get there and you're letting them do their magic. You're just watching. What goes through your mind when they say, um, I'm sorry, your name is not on the list. What's your name? How do you spell it? What, what is your name? <laughs> and as security comes and says, man, would you like to step over? I, I'm replaying it all in my mind. What goes through your mind? Like, okay, we have a problem here. Or are you like, just let it happen?
1: Let it happen. My rule that I say to my team now that I have my company and everything else is you let the reality happen. Mm-hmm. I am a, a true reality producer. I want the reality to happen. You have to let it happen. And I, re- I even remember the, the showrunner at that time, he re- – <laughs> and again, it's no right or wrong in this, but he really did try to get Nene in the party. He was like, no, it's a mistake. Like, if you watch the footage, you'll see some guy talking to the security, trying to convince them, like, no, this is Nini. She's on the show. And what people don't know is Nini even said to the security, like, I'm a cast member, you know, like breaking the fourth wall before it was cool to break the fourth wall. Right. And that's the the security would not let up. So my whole thing was like, I'm not doing a thing. So what was going through my mind was, I mean, when you're shocked, you know how like you you just don't think and you're like stoic,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm frozen and my (laughs) mouth is open because that's unexpected. You just, you, we did not think that was going to happen. So it, it's one of those things where I tell all reality producers, you just have to let the reality happen because you never know when you're missing out on golden moments.
0: And that will forever be a moment. And my feelings on it, and then we'll move on from this, but my personal feelings in watching the show, I 100% believe, that Sheree left her name off the list intentionally. because (laughs) I think Sheree was thinking, oh, the cameras will be there. She will be embarrassed. This will be great. And because Sheree was nowhere to be found. I think, I don't know where she was. But I fully believe that she orchestrated that moment. And and, and it goes into, because I've heard it before, a lot of people say that reality television, to some extent, is scripted it's Mm -hmm. produced or you give them you tell cast members what to do how to act what to say but like you just said you tell your team to let it happen and
1: Mm, absolutely you can't
0: you you can't write those moments or you can't just script that out you that magic happened and everything that happened after that just happened on its own so what do you say to those that are insistent that Reality television is scripted. You all make things happen.
1: It's funny because the only thing that bothers me is how people like to group all the genres into one because people don't say all scripted shows are like this. People don't say all movies are like this, right? Like some movies are poorly produced. Some movies are poorly lit, but you don't group it when you say, oh, I don't like watching movies because all movies suck, right? No one says that because there's so much out there's so many um, different movies for you to watch that it's it's idiotic to say those things. So no shade. I think it's idiotic when people say, I don't like reality TV because of dot 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 dot. So when, when people say it's scripted, it's like, listen, are there scripted reality shows? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not going to sit up here and say there isn't. I can watch a few and be like, ah, girl, y'all trying it. This ain't, oh, <laughs> like, God. I see it. I see it. So yes, some are definitely scripted, but it doesn't mean the entire genre of reality is scripted. And the thing that I tell people the most is the shows that have my name on it, I can I can promise you they're not scripted because oh, I take pride in what we do So, no, it's not scripted if I'm producing it. And I would say, I would say in my expert opinion, 80% of reality shows are real. I'll say that much.
0: Okay. That's a good number. Yeah. Okay. So, what advice, now that you own your own production company and you create these shows, what advice would you have for someone that, you know, feeds your works, the other Black creatives creating their own companies and doing all these great things? What advice do you have for someone that wants to enter this industry? How would you, you know, tell them they should start? What should their plan be?
1: You know, I think this, you... (sighs) It's a couple of things. I think you people have to really understand and realize what it is they're number one good at and what it is you ultimately want to do. If you Owning a, a company isn't easy. It, it's extremely difficult when you are on the front lines of every decision-making that could impact your staff. It could impact the finances of your staff. When COVID happened and you see other people being laid off, you you, you, you you see other companies filing for bankruptcy because they weren't able to um, make it out of the storm. Those are things you have to think about when you say to yourself, I want a company, because it's not as easy as you think it is. And it's not easy in no way, shape or form. So I would just implore everyone to do their research. But if it's something you really do want to do, then you should definitely have it in your your mind that you have to work harder than anybody else on your on your team in order to gain the respect of your staff. You know, I have an amazing team of people who I, I love and who are immensely talented and hard workers. Um, and the reason why they respect me is because I work just as hard as them. Right. I, I, I wake up at 545 in the morning every morning. I go to bed at 10 o'clock. In the, in the evening, I make sure that my entire day is filled with the work because I'm the owner of the company and that's what I have to do. So if that's something that you just know in your heart that you're not built for it, which is fine, then you have to ask yourself, how can I be the best that I can be in, in a position to do what I love to do and to also use my privilege to open doors for more Black people who look like me to have opportunities that I've had? So even with me, you know, I was the first black man to show run a housewife show. So what I did once I got that position is I made sure that I wasn't the only. I had another black man take my place. So there, there are certain things you have to do in order to um, pay it forward, especially when, it's, when you are a part of a minority and it's your, it's your duty, it's your, it's your, it's your job. To make sure that you're not the only one in the room
0: okay i like that so and and i'm gonna say this and you let me know if i'm right you also i would feel like at least from what i've seen have to be uh, i'm trying to figure out how to word this because people know who you are that you work on these shows and if something happens that they don't like or they don't agree with or something seems weird, you know, they they seem to come for those cast members, but they're also coming for you.
1: Oh, they come for me. Dude. <laughs> you know, they do. They, people love to, <laughs> to come for me, to blame me for things I didn't do, child. It's Carlos's re- fault. It's Carlos fault he's messy at he's messy (laughs) A F. Shady Queen. He he has his favorites.
0: Oh, they love when you play favorites, yeah.
1: Oh, they they love it all. And I'll say this it's it's funny to be in this position where I'm able to have a career that I am behind the scenes, but at the same time I'm visible. And, and I, I love that because I want other black people if they're, you know, whether they're in school, you know, figuring out what they want to do in life. So I think a lot of people didn't understand that. Wait, there's a black man producing these shows? We didn't know that. And, and he's gay? Oh, oh, okay. You know, I, I want people to know that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with showing people that. But what comes with that is you put yourself... On the front line to receive so much criticism, Mm -hmm. you you and that can be challenging for a lot of people. And I'll be honest, in the beginning, it was for me because I wasn't used to it. I'm like, "What are you talking about? I'm not that. I'm not any of these things that you people are saying about me." But that's when I also realized. Imagine how your cast must feel, because they get it twenty times worse than you, and and. Poor you, Carlos, who gets shade from five people at one time when there's five million people who's reading your cast members. So once I put into that perspective, it was like, you know what, what you're built for will, 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 will shine when you're given um, adversity that is handed to you from a bunch of people who truly just want to be messy. And listen, I get it. I'm not even mad at it. I, I tell you now, in the beginning I was affected, like, oh God, they're horrible. Now I can honestly say, Duke, I find it funny. I think it's hilarious. And me and my cast, we all laugh at it now. We love it. I love it. I don't block people no more. I used, you, you know, I stopped doing that. Because I'm like, listen, if you want to spend your time reading me for film, go ahead, child. Let me, let me take inventory of who it is. And I'm such a a fun person that, listen, some of those comments where they read me down, I think it's funny. There's there's some good ones. Oh,
0: they, oh. Oh, they read me, Duke. Uh, Listen, I, so how, I I, I could not be in your position from that standpoint because I, and and you probably have to build that up to not respond to people because I've always thought this, there are certain fan groups that are the most vicious, and I will say that they are the beehive, they are <laughs> the barbs, uh-huh. um, the Maga stands, and now, excuse me, and now Housewives fans like they uh-huh. are
1: vicious. the biggest fan bases in Housewives, from my experience. Mimi fan base is large and 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 wide in terms of their their the number. Um, Portia has a lot Portia has a lot mm-hmm. Teresa Judice. Oh,
0: good
1: grief they, called, I think they call it tree huggers or something And Phaedra Those are the ones that I have seen the strength in numbers And my first experience With a housewife fan base, was Nini Leaks fans. When I say they read me down, you brought Claudia Jordan on to read Nini, you messy, blah, blah, blah. You, you queen, you set up Nini. And that obviously, dude, was my first time experiencing shade. And then I'll say the second one was Porsche's. I had no idea Porsche had a, a strong fan base. And I forgot what happened. I want to say this was maybe season eight that I experienced Portia fan base attacking me. And I'll be honest with you, I was shocked because I didn't know she had a large one. So, and now I get it from Phaedra's and I get it from everybody else, child.
0: Sorry, I'm going to say that also Kenya fans are also a little harsh.
1: Are they you know what's so funny? Can I say something?
0: Absolutely,
1: yes. They love me. They do. Can oh Kenya you, fans adore me. They don't wow. give me that. so I'm I'm only laughing because I guess you can say her fan base is strong too. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't I don't get shade from her fans. I got to be real. They love me down.
0: Wow. Well, shout out to Kenya More Hair Care. Do they read you, Duke? I, I, you know, I am not a Kenya fan, per okay. se. So I do share my feelings when the show is on. <laughs> and they, oh, they I think they search her name. I don't know what they do. But they, <laughs> they find me and they light me up. <laughs> And that's that's all I'm gonna say about that. But um Hilarious. you know, I will say I am an I I I'm on the fence with being a Nini fan. I used to be a very strong stand. Maybe I was one of those people that read you down a couple of years ago. I can't remember. Maybe. <laughs> you probably was <love> <laughs> But maybe I'm, I can't confirm or deny. But I'm on the fence now. We're working things out. Um <laughs> But I, I appreciate that you can just let things just let things like that roll off your back because, you know, if you if you dealt gave your energy to stands and things like that, you wouldn't have time for anything else. So I I, I can appreciate that you can just let that roll off your back.
1: Yeah, because you know I think what it is I. I'll say this much. I had to realize that you must be doing a good job for people to feel so passionately about a show you produce. So once I put that perspective into the situation, I love the fact that what I produce and, and, and the cast that I'm able to work with, I love the fact that they invoke passionate debates on Twitter and on Instagram and on social media. So... If 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 you reading me down makes you feel better because you got something off your chest because you were so you were so you know imp- not impressed wrong word you were you were so into the story that we were showing you I appreciate that, that
0: means I, you did a good job
1: yeah no that means that we all did a good job the show is great anytime I do a show and no one has an opinion that means no one cares and I never and and mark my word. I do not ever want to produce a show where no one cares enough to talk about on Twitter. I am a a proponent of Black Twitter having their day to really say things good, bad, and different. Because at the end of the day, any show that I produce, I wanted to have moments of dialogue.
0: Right. Good work, Carlos. I'm going to say that. You've entertained me on many Sunday nights, many Monday nights. So, thank you for your service. Thank
1: you. Yes, thank you for your
0: services. (laughs) (laughs) So, like I said before, I solicited some questions from Mm -hmm. these dedicated fans of the different shows. Um, And so, if you're ready, I'm going to ask you some.
1: Okay.
0: And... Gonna, Some of them, you know, people were just being messy, so I'm picking I'm I'm sure. those out. <laughs> <laughs> Blaming you for everything, of course. So let's just start with some general questions. Um, what, if you could think about the shows that you've worked on, what is one of the highlights or funniest behind the scene moments that you've dealt with?
1: question um there's a lot i the one that keeps sticking in my mind as i'm thinking about all of my shows would be the next 15 and the opportunity the opportunity to work for Tiffany New York Pollard icon I mean legend uh keep keep it going queen <laughs> um, She... The sweetest thing about her that I really wish people knew, she, first of all, she's the nicest person, the nicest. Mm. She's professional. she's she shows up on time. She is complimentary. She is she the reason why she's iconic and she's legendary is because she knows who she is. and she gives everything passionately from her heart so doing the next 15 doing the next 15 where we were able to break the fourth wall and yes we were the first show to break the fourth wall now was a theme that other people are doing okay so <laughs> so seeing her be new york i mean it just brought me back to my early 20s watching her on flavor of love right. and living for her so to see that Happened right before my eyes to see how we were able to to show behind the scene when she told Claudia um, about the inner cry. Like, all of that was like, what is happening? So, to me, those were the best moments of my career working with her. She's an icon, she's a legend. I live, stand, praise, bow down to Tiffany New York Pollard. She is, she means the world to me. I, love her down i really do um and other moments would be i mean listen when you think about atlanta housewives the reason why i think the fans to this day are like come back to the show carlos we need you is because i think everyone understood the connection that i have with the cast Mm -hmm. and when you think about duke like these sort of um famous female singers, right? When you think about Janet Jackson, she had Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis producing her, right? Mm-hmm. When you think about Beyoncé, she had Matthew Knowles managing her and helping her early on early on in her career. And I think when people think about Atlanta Housewives and my staple with that show, I think they felt they 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 felt my presence although I was never on camera. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe, but they felt my presence in it. And, and, and the girls were very different when I was producing the show. And a lot of that had to do with the behind-the-scenes conversation that we've had. Um, I've had so much fun on my years on that show because we were truly, not were, I'll say are, we are truly friends. Mm-hmm. In, in the sense of that's the one show where... Um, it was a balance between real friends, <laughs> but we got a job to do. Right, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which isn't, listen, I'll just be real with you. That's not easy. It isn't easy. It's it a isn't very thin e- line. It's a very thin line, and that's why a lot of reality producers don't make it. Because they become friends with them, and they lose sight of their job. So, when it came to the Atlanta Housewives, it was they, we, all, and I'm being honest when I say this, we were all madly in love with each other. In the sense of like, we, it's a family, and we may argue, and trust me, I've been read down by all of them except Kenya. Kenya's the only housewife that has never argued with me. Okay? Thank
0: you. (laughs) Let me, let me say this. I recall, I had heard your name in uh-huh. early seasons of Housewives, but I never saw who you were. Until one night during the season six reunion of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, Lord. There what part one to be specific, uh-huh. there was an incident that occurred with Portia and Kenya. If you are a Housewives fan, you know what I'm talking about. It involved a bullhorn and a scepter. And I recall being just glued to my TV set during that moment. And, you know, a, a fight, a hair pull ensued or whatever. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes into frame <laughs> in a striped sweater.
1: Yes! <laughs> I, I, oh,
0: I, I know these things. And I was like, "Who, who is this guy that's just ran onto set and is pulling Portia away and then carrying her off I'm like, who is this guy? And I can't remember if I had conversation with friends or if I was on Twitter at the time and everyone was like, Carlos ran on the set and he was carrying Portia and he was pulling her away. And he was... I was like, so that's Carlos King. That was my first <laughs> view of you is running in and breaking up the fight between Portia and Kenya. What, you, you jumped in so quick Mm-hmm. what was going through your mind? You're like, okay, I don't want any liability here. I need to break this up. If no, I'm going to tell you. What listen,
1: happened? I am from Detroit, Michigan,
0: okay? I'm from the hood.
1: <laughs> I know black girls. Let's let's get something straight here, Duke. I'm a black man. I know black girls. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the hood. When a black girl stands up, I <laughs> seat, You know what time it is. So it was funny. Not funny. Wrong word to you. It was interesting because I remember no one else having the same reaction that I had, meaning the the production. The cast knew because they they some sisters. Mm -hmm. And they knew, okay, it's about to go down. Basement, right? So the moment... So I am... I am maybe, I'm a couple of feet behind the stage. So it's me and other producers sitting in a chair and we're watching the monitors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So of course, you know, listen, the, the shade was funny, the bullhorn, the scepter, the reeds back and forth. We're all laughing, ha, ha, hee, hee, whatever. <clears throat> the moment Portia got up, I don't know if was the black boy instinct. I was like, oh, wait. It's about to go down. She's had enough. She's, she's had enough. She's had enough. It's about to go down. It didn't take me, Duke, the thing is, it was, it was the precise moment she got up out of her seat mm. that I moved <laughs> onto the stage. <clears throat> Not, she didn't say, I'm going to beat your ass. It was nothing. I just saw a black girl get up, and I saw another black girl stand up. And I was like, uh uh-uh, nope. So the moment you saw me pull her, I was, I don't see what's happening. Just to be real, I blacked out. Real talk. Mm -hmm. So I am trying to protect Portia from making a mistake. So I'm just pulling her back. Like, pulling her back. Not knowing that at the time I was pulling her back, she already latched on to Kenya's hair. So that's why we all collectively, if you watch it in slow motion, you will see all three of us falling at the same time. Mm-hmm. Because I was pulling her back, she already lashed her arm onto the hair, and it was like a domino effect. <clears throat> I, that,
0: recall, I'm sorry, I recall uh, seeing that, and she got a good chunk of Kenyan's hair, mm-hmm. and it's so enough to turn her head to the side as she's pulling <laughs> It's not funny, yes. but it is, it was, and one of the moments that will live in infamy forever.
1: No, it was, I was, I, I truly blacked out. Like, wait, what's happening? So when that happened, I was like, it was just a weird day. And I, I just remember feeling so sad. I just remember, listen, I'll just be real, real with you. Most producers probably would have been like, yay, we got a moment. Not me. Because, again, like I said earlier, this is a family. We're, we love each other. We're like a family. When you argue, you argue, but there's love there. And I just felt it was – I just hated that that happened, the way it happened. And I just remember feeling so horrible. Like, oh, gosh, are we going to be – known as a stereotypical reality show like that's the first thing that went to my mind because i know that that season especially season six which was my first time being the executive producer on it and the season and stuff was so iconic because we were talking about real life stuff and it was really the fans ate that season up one and of the I, best seasons of the show Oh, it's my, it's my number one favorite. It really is. I tell people all the time, season six is number one and season nine is number two for me. Mm-hmm. So I just felt that we did all the hard work to get us to a successful season and I just hated that that happened. But listen, at the end of the day, is real life and we moved past it. But I, I just remember feeling so down after that.
0: And is it, is it true? I heard rumors that that happened... Like, at the beginning of the day. It did. <laughs> like, you all probably had seven, eight more hours to go. We did. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and, That's- you know,
0: hour one, one's already gone. <laughs> one's been sent home. Yes.
1: We were there for maybe, maybe 30 minutes.
0: Jeez. Yeah. It
1: wow. was fast.
0: Fast. Cool. I moment. food for the rest of the day. I'm like, oh, Jesus. And even though Port- Portia was sent home that, you know, the beginning of the day, the rest of the parts of the reunion were still iconic. We got, there's so many more moments from the reunion. The, the infamous read with Phaedra to Kenya about the pizza and the sperm donor. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mama Joyce showed up. <laughs> Apollo. I, so much happened that whole season. I said is right what now. I said. It's, I said time. what I said. Wow. Yes. Huh. But,
1: um. Open the garage door. Um. <laughs> blow the horn. They ass, Greg. beep beep." Yes. Like. Yes. 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 Um. It, no. It. I mean, but again, it just showed you that you don't need to have people physically hurting each other for a show to be great right because, because what you said is true. it was still iconic to episode two parts after that, right Part two and three were just as iconic and it was a it was a, 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 a session of shade and reads and funny moments and just real I, I that entire season will always go down in my opinion as the best reality season of any show, period. Like no show can ever come close to that. Mm
0: -hmm. You can't, Can't. that
1: that was nothing but the magic of the Lord, honey. And (laughs) that, that was nothing, that was magic, baby.
0: Real magic, magic. Mm -hmm. Well, keeping with Real Housewives, let's talk about, now, when I said that you were gonna be on the show, I'm sure you can assume one of the top questions that came up or the subject at hand. So let's just, you've addressed it before, but let's just put it to bed a final time. So season nine of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, the reunion, if you know the issue, everybody knows what I'm talking about. We don't have to get into it. There was an incident incident involving three of the cast members Mm -hmm. and a rumor and who said what. Who told me to say what? I, I heard it, so I repeated it. You know, again, an, another iconic season of The Real Housewives. Yes. And I remember being watching that. It was, it was the first time that Bravo had ever done a four-part. Correct. <laughs> four parts. And the the rumor that transpired or that came out people started involving you. I don't mm-hmm. know how they came to that conclusion, how they again, it could just be let's just blame Carlos because that makes sense, you know, yeah. we can yeah. go with that. Yeah. So, what what do you want to say about I, that?
1: Yeah, I think it's what we talked about earlier. I think listen, it's is is the it's the it's the moment that People choose to protect their fan base mm-hmm. right or the person they they are fan base of right and you always want to look for the the person to put the blame on right mm-hmm. and because because i'm <laughs> because I'm so associated with that show and because i think I think a lot of a, a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was it was a very unbelievable moment mm-hmm. that didn't make sense mm-hmm. that the only way it could make sense is if Carlos King has something to do with it like oh my child, you know he had to have something to do with that because let's be, my name was never said on camp- like it was My name was really produced out of thin air and people just ran with it. And people four years later continue to want to run with it. And I'll just be real with you. That was probably the most difficult thing to get by because I felt that if people really believe this, not the, not the audience, because, you know, listen, like I said to you before, you know, I appreciate the fact that they feel passionate about a show that they give their pain. That I don't care about. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was like, how will this affect my career moving forward? If people who I do business with will believe I, I am like this. And I just remember feeling worried about that. Real talk. Right. I was. Because I was like, if people, it's one thing for like, you know, the fans to talk about it. It's one thing to be on the comments, okay, whatever. But will this, will this take a life on its own? And I'm, I'm happy that it didn't because I do think the people who I do business with in, in this business, they understand trolls. And I'm only calling them that because my thing is this. If four years later, you still want to talk about that, you're trolling. I get it in the beginning. I, I, I Four years ago, I get it. I understand it. Mm-hmm. I said I didn't have anything to do with it. And then the problem that I get, not that I get, the problem that I have is when people answer the question y'all want to know, y'all still don't believe it. I've said, no, I had nothing. Whatever, B, you are a lie. <laughs> he lying. It's like, well, why? Do I even continue to defend myself? If you really want to believe that, then baby girl or baby boy, believe it. It's all good. But I will say this, baby, it hasn't stopped my bag.
0: Uh, okay. No days.
1: Zero. <laughs> no day. Mm-mm. I'm I'm still I'm still here. I'm still working. God is good. I'm blessed. Listen, so when you so I want people to understand that because I've I've been beyond blessed even more since then, dig a little bit deeper and really ask yourself, will God continue to bless him in this way if that was the truth? And I'll just leave it at that. And and if you still want to believe that, then, child, you just want to believe it for whatever reason. And at this point, baby, do what you got to do. Because ain't nobody thinking about it but them who chooses to believe it. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. There it is let's let's bury it stop adding carlos about it stop putting him go away from me with this (laughs) go away from. that is one of my favorite gifts in the world
1: season seven Mm
0: -hmm. okay let's let's get through some of these other questions um let's see do you think kim fields was a good addition to the show
1: (laughs) good question I'll say this much. I remember... Okay, what people don't know is I wasn't going to come back to season eight. Mm. I left... I announced my departure once season seven ended. And I had Hollywood Divas Mm -hmm. that was doing well. And then I was about to start doing um, The Next 15. And then... I had this other show called Selling in ATL on WeTV, so I was busy. Mm-hmm. Right. I told everybody, and publicly told people that I'm not coming back. So season eight started, and I wasn't back on season eight um, until a month after they started shooting, because they were like, "Um, we need you back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need your magic back.
1: Yeah, like, uh, come back." So we figured that all out. So Kim Fields was already hired when I came back after a month of them shooting. And I obviously love Kim Fields. Again, an an icon, a legend, um, regime, a living single. Like, I love Kim Fields. And I really... The reason why... I'll say this much. I think Kim Fields probably thought the show was was going to be different than what she expected. Mm. I think Kim Fields didn't understand the show that she was going to be on. <laughs> and, because uh, she didn't watch it, you know? I, she didn't know. She had no idea that, girl, this is the Atlanta House vibe. This is a certain way you got to, you know, mm. right, right. And she wasn't ready for that. So I think in that regard, she wasn't a good fit only because, and, and she'll say this too, it wasn't her world she's a child star turned legendary actress producer director and then to be in atlanta with people who you truly don't have a friendship with let's just be real she wasn't friends with any of them
0: right mm
1: -hmm. you know it's like picking somebody off the street and putting them in the midst of these girls and you either sink or you swim and i think because she just wasn't aware of the magnitude of what this show was and and what the girls were, um, I think she probably was like, you know what, this isn't for me. So because of that, I don't think it was a good choice, only because she has said that too, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that she just did not know what she was getting herself into.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, Is there anyone that you can share or tell us Mm -hmm. that was... Considered for the show or offered for the show that either didn't work out or was turned down?
1: Um why well, the, the thing about this show is you guys are so smart because I think you know now, and I don't think it's a secret, I think people know now that anybody who's a friend of, they're being tested as a housewife,
0: mm-hmm. right? I yeah, think I'm that's
1: sure. everyone knows that. Um so the ones that I can remember who I wanted to be a housewife is two people. Oh, there's actually three. Do you remember season three? Sheree had a friend, and it's, the, it's this iconic clip where she tells Mimi. I um,
0: got enough room to grow to be your size one day. Yes. Yes, that's Cordell Stewart's ex or something. Oh, dude! You know everything. Yeah, I know these facts. I didn't know it then, but I know it now.
1: Yes, yes, yes. What was her name? It was Tanya, right? T-
0: Tanya, something like that.
1: Yeah. Tanya, Tanya was one. Um, we were testing. I liked her a lot, a whole lot. Um, uh, but that didn't work out. Um, remember Lena r wife I
0: do. Yes. Uh-huh. I
1: loved her. Love her. That didn't work out. And the one who I really, 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 really really wanted, and you will probably remember this. Remember Hazel season nine?
0: I do. And I remember that being so random. (laughs) Because I feel like she just popped up. She did, dude. And the lower third was a candy friend or something. And then she was gone.
1: We shot so much with her. I loved Hazel. And the sad part is the girls did too. Because, you know, listen, one thing I like about the, 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 the girls, they are open to new people if you can hang with them. They feel like, baby, if you can hang with this crew, let's go.
0: Right. They love mm-hmm.
1: it. They love it. And listen, Hazel's cute. She had a voice. But the, the problem is when you don't have... Um, a confessional, or you don't have, you know, anything else to show. It's hard for the fans to resonate with you, mm-hmm. but she was somebody who I think, in a different situation, would have been a major force on the show. So those are the three that I can remember.
0: Okay. So last question, wrapping up the Atlanta part of these questions. Um, speaking of friends of the show. An infamous friend, Marlo Hampton, Mm -hmm. who has been around the girl since, I think, around season four or something like that. Um, Do you... Why hasn't Marlo been offered a peach? And do you think she deserves one at this point?
1: I do think she deserves one. Um, And I'm being honest, though. I'm not just saying this or saying this. I really... I've never been involved in casting until season nine. Like season nine was the first season that I had a little say in it, Mm -hmm. all those other seasons. So Marlo came on season four and I was never a part of those conversations. So I really don't know, Mm, I I, I don't know. Um, Do I think she deserves one? Yes, I love her. I love Marlo. I think Marlo fits the show, I think she is Marlo is probably the most iconic friend of that the mm-hmm. franchise has ever seen. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I have never seen a friend of so integral into the show. And the thing is she could bounce <laughs> remember how like like you said the Lord thirds, like at one point it's Nene's friend, then it's Kenya's friend. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. I think at one point it said Portia's friend. I was like I'll try it. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, we know Marlo. We don't need to know who she's a friend of. She's just Marlo. I love her. She's simply Marlo. She's simply marvelous. And I, I do think she deserves it.
0: Just as, well, I, I hear they got their, whoever got their letters for the start of season, what is it, 13? I don't know. Yes. Um, so hopefully yeah, I she got, got one. Yeah. Oh, she had a letter? Good. You know I, more than I do, dude. Okay. I'm, I'm saying I hope so. Hopefully, she hosts. Okay. I I I would love to see. We got to see a little bit of her life this past season, so hopefully we get to see more of it. Um, and hopefully she hosts a peach one day. Here's hoping. Yes. Um. So moving on, you also produced the New Jersey Housewives. Yes. Um. And so someone submitted a question: the finale of season one. A very, another iconic episode. Mm-hmm. All the ladies were against Danielle, it re- involving a book that was written about her. And it resulted in Teresa flipping a table at Danielle. So someone wants to know what was going through your mind when that happened, Teresa flipping a table at Danielle.
1: Gag. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Gag. Like, so <laughs> that was season one. And prior to that, my only experience on reality TV was the Atlanta Housewives season one. So I completed season one of Atlanta Housewives and jumped right into Jersey season one. What a jump. Yes. Lord, God is good. <laughs> so I was there. And what people don't know is that and I, I think people know watching season one, no one really saw Teresa as that person.
0: Right. She was quiet, reserved. Yeah, and, and funny and
1: silly and cared about dressing her, her daughters in identical clothing every day. <laughs> right. with, with bows and jewelry and tutus. And, and, and two, and, yeah, tutus, skirts and all that stuff. So when she flipped the table, it was like, really, sis? You got that in you? So, so I literally remember gagging and all the producers ran away and, and <laughs> I ran into action, as you can see on Atlanta's season six reunion. I just I run into it because I'm like, child, what are we doing? I'm from I'm from the hood. What we doing?
0: <laughs> Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Bingo.
1: OK, so I. It was just unbelievable, and again, I remember, to me, the funniest moment is that after she flips the table and cusses out Danielle, Juicy Joe tells her to calm down, gives her a kiss, and that kiss made her calm down, and then she came back to being Silly Teresa. I just thought it was so funny and iconic. It was a flip of a switch. Yes. She... And they kept saying, like, well, that's how Italian women are. I said, well, listen, I didn't grow up with any. So this is my first time experiencing that. But, no, it was super iconic. I did not see it coming. I literally gagged, ran into the room to make sure we got the shot. And <laughs> <laughs> Teresa became the staple of Jersey at that point.
0: She is, she is the queen of New Jersey. She's the last original housewife standing, uh, well, for that uh, franchise. Okay. Absolutely. So let's move on to The Next 15. Mm-hmm. Someone wanted to know why The Next 15 was not renewed for another season.
1: You know what? It's, I'll say this, and I'm being real. It definitely was a hit of its time. Um, I don't I think it was the right show on the wrong network. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, I don't think the the audience of that network understood that show. I think Breaking the Fourth Wall was so new that people were like, what is this show? I'm confused. Um, And it's funny, because I always say to people, if this show came out today, it would be the number one reality show. Imagine Karamo, Claudia Jordan, Jennifer Williams, Basino." in New York, like in Laura Gavon, people would be like, are you effing kidding me? So I I definitely think it it was a show that was a hit of its time in the sense of wrong show on the wrong, I mean, right show on the wrong network and at the wrong time. And people just didn't resonate with it, unfortunately. And it's funny because people now post clips of that show today. And people, and I'll, I'll read the comments, Duke, and they'll be like, what show is this? What is this? <laughs> like, they, like, because they, they nev- a lot of people have never seen and never heard of it. Um. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, something can be done with that again.
0: Speaking of a show that people post clips from and talk about, at least I talk about it, Hollywood Divas.
1: Amen, Lord.
0: <laughs> I... I kinda- Another iconic show. I I've I, I missed that show so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone did asked, what was the real reason Elise Neal quit the show? Similar to
1: what we talked about with Kim Fields, honestly, I don't think Elise knew this is what a reality show is. Like, you have to talk about your reality. Right. And she's such a private person that I don't think she really understood that. That, no, we need to understand what you're going through. Who you and dating. What's... And she really was like, that's off limits. And it's like, mm, no, it ain't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it ain't. Um, And it didn't work out. It really just did not work out. She... She, and it's and you know what's what's so unfortunate about it, Duke? I, every, (laughs) I loved her in scene. I did. I, and she was so delicious in her delivery. Mm -hmm. And she stood her ground. She's a grown woman. She looks good for her age. She's beautiful. And she reads. And I, 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 I just always felt that, oh, Elise, I just wish you, would be able to understand the genre that you're in. And and you're such a formidable opponent to Golden. <laughs> you know, like, cause Golden got the girls together. And I felt that Elise was like, wait a second now. So I would have loved to have seen more of that. Um, but no, she, she, yeah, she signed up for something that I think she just didn't realize. It was that invasive in her personal life.
0: Okay. What um, if you had to create another group of of divas, and as far as Hollywood divas are concerned,
1: mm-hmm. or
0: any any other genre, whatever. If if you create the pot, what who would you want involved in that project? Or who do you think would make good reality television?
1: I'll say this. I'm currently working on something. That has been a dream of mine for for a long time with a group of women that I've wanted to work with for a long time. And it may be happening. Fingers oh, crossed. Okay. So once everything goes according to God's plan, we're you're gonna look back in this moment and you could tweet me and I'll answer you honestly about it. But you're going to see, and I think you're going to be like, this is, you're, I'll say this much, you're going to know that this is exactly who he was talking about. You're going you're gonna, you're gonna, to you're gonna know it. So, um,
0: Let's just say, you know, stay tuned. Okay. I, I, I'm looking forward to that, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so a general question. <laughs> Someone wants to know, when Housewives say that they quit the show, or is it true that they quit or have they just been fired and saying that they quit? Because <laughs> we see that a lot with, uh, right. among all the franchises. You know, I just decided to not come back. Well, you were never offered to come back. Right. What's the truth think, in that?
1: I think everybody's situation is different. <laughs> Listen, I'll say this much. I like the fact that at the end of the day, they're allowed to say what they want to say. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful that no one has to do a press release, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny. I remember Bethany saying something, I think, a year or two ago. This is when Carol from New York Housewives was. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And she was like, nobody quits. I'm the only housewife ever who quit. And I don't think that's true. I'll, I'll say that much. I don't think that's true. I don't think, it's, I don't think Bethany is the only housewife that's ever quit a show. Um, but I, I do think the batting average is 90% or more um, are allowed
0: to say what they want to say. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but and guess what? Like,
1: they always come back.
0: Well, this is true. Shout out to Sheree. Hopefully,
1: Ooh, <laughs> no, I will say this. Now, this is now this is true. Sheree, I'll say this much about season her last hooray. Mm-hmm. She definitely um, said no, thank you. That, that that's 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 tea. That's true.
0: I mean, I we are still waiting on the jokers, but
1: I know child, you know Sheree's busy, and I already have. Talk to Sheree. Because <laughs> I only listen, with this COVID situation, all I wear is joggers. So this is I'm the like,
0: perfect time.
1: I'm like, child, let's go, honey. I, I wanna invest <laughs> in this shoe. I'm loving it. But no, yes. she she's gonna one thing about Sheree that I love, she's full of surprises. So She is.
0: And people mm-hmm. are saying she she needs to come back along with I, I stand it's time for Phaedra to come back. That's my
1: yeah.
0: It's time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there are certain people that say they will quit if certain people come back, mm-hmm. um, which is fine with me personally. But um, I, I do think it's time for Phaedra to come back. And I would love to see, see Sheree again. She's the bone carrier. She's entertaining.
1: She is. And she does a really good job at it.
0: <laughs> so... uh this is a personal question for me. Mm -hmm. I, on Netflix, you produced the show Styling Hollywood. Mm Mm-hmm. Are we getting another season of that show?
1: You will have to wait and see what happens, dude. I can't talk
0: about that. But I'll say this. I, and
1: you know what, because you know me, I like to engage with everybody. Um... And I see a lot of tweets asking about that, and I'm not ignoring y'all, I see it, trust me. Mm -hmm. Y'all don't want to get in trouble for nothing, child. So (laughs) a lot of stuff I just can't talk about, honey. But I appreciate that people, and people love that show, and it was my love letter to gay black men. I wanted, I've always wanted to do a show about us, Mm -hmm. and to be able to give that on a huge platform like Netflix was, you know, the best thing I've done so far, in my opinion. Like, regardless of what happens with the show, to be able to give two gay Black men their own show on Netflix is a dream come true.
0: And it was so, so amazing. I enjoyed seeing that show and just seeing successful Black gay men. Mm -hmm. You can't can't beat that. Um, One final question. Um, Okay. What was your favorite show to produce? And second to that, who was your favorite housewife? <laughs> so first question, what was my favorite show
1: to produce? <sighs> I, uh, I'll say this. I'll give it to these two shows for two different reasons. Okay. I will say... Atlanta Housewives, because it's the first reality show I've done and everything that I am today is because of that show. So I will always give that show credit. I will never ever not give that show and those girls credit for all of us collectively being there for each other and and helping each other um, throughout our career. Like I am who I am because of that show and those girls. And a lot of those girls are who they are because of that show and because of my dedication to them. So it was a beautiful, um, well-rounded situation with all of us. We've all benefited from that. So without that show, I wouldn't be talking to you. Real talk. Right. So I will give it to that show. Um, as a owner of a company, Hollywood Divas is the reason why my company still has the lights on. It was my first show with my company. And if that show would have flopped, <laughs> child, it would have been a struggle for me. Yeah. <laughs> but because that show, like like Real Talk Duke, that show is super iconic in the sense that it melts my heart when people talk about how much they love it. Because... It was such a labor of love and to work with these bona fide actresses that we all knew about, right, that we all love and know, and to see how, like, I always get a huge smile on my face when I get tweets or people talk about that show. Like, when people talk about Atlanta Housewives, my mom was like, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, that show's massive. So, you know, I'm used to it. But when it comes to Hollywood divas, it, it it really does something to me. And it's because it's my that show is my firstborn.
0: Right.
1: My firstborn.
0: And because, I love it so much. If anybody can point me in the direction to a petition to get the, like, show, <laughs> the show streaming on iTunes, Hulu, something, because yeah, I need to relate those moments.
1: Golden versus Paula would go down as the most iconic moments, baby. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I need. What, what, what was the second question? Um, who is your favorite housewife?
1: Now you know. Well, I'll say this, and no one knows this. I'll tell you who the girls thought was my favorite housewife. Okay. So, okay. again, I've been on the show since day one. i have the only season I haven't done in the middle. Uh, I mean. From season one through nine, the only season I didn't do was season five. So the girls had a running joke about who my favorite was. Who do you think it? Who, who do you think they thought it was?
0: Who do I think they thought it was? I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Candy. No. no. Okay. Well second answer, and I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say Kenya because you're both from Detroit.
1: Okay. A few of them thought Kenya. A few.
0: Okay.
1: Um, for a long time, <laughs> everyone thought it was NeNe, Mm-hmm.
0: Because
1: they said y'all act like each other. <laughs> <laughs> <They> just- <laughs> And they saw how we responded to each other. So for the longest time, they would be like, "Whatever, Carlo, Nini's your favorite." And I'm like, "No, you all are my daughters. I don't have a favorite." And they're like, "No, we we see how you we see how Nini looks at you, and we see how you look at Nini." And i was like, what are you talking about? Shut up!" So for the longest time, the girls thought it was Nini. Nini always thought it was Sheree. To this day, Nini thinks it's Sheree. She would tell everybody, "Carlos' favorite is Sheree." Oh wow. Yes, and then it became, everyone thought it was Kenya, the the Detroit connection, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I think at one point, not a lot, but maybe one or two two thought candy, so yes.
0: Wow, okay. Well, in terms of me,
1: and this is real talk, I don't have a... Favorite, But I will say this, because Mimi was my first housewife I had to work with, I will always have a very special place in my heart for her okay. because she's my first one.
0: Okay. Spe- we'll, we'll take special place in your heart. We'll take that. <laughs> um, so, wow. Thank you so much for doing this. I spilled some tea, left us wondering what's happening in the future. I mean, so much is happening this year with your company and things that you're working on. So I can't wait to see what's going to happen. We might be in the house for the rest of the eternity. So I'm glad you've got things cooking and happening.
1: Thank you. No, and dude, thank you for asking to do this. Um, I, I Listen, I want to be able to give everyone opportunity like yourself to, you know, pursue their, their goals and their dreams when they have a platform like you have, when you have a podcast like this. So I'm happy you reached out to me. And, you know, this is... I want people to, to see more of what we're gonna do. And Love and & Marriage Huntsville comes out Saturday, July 11th, 8 o'clock, 7 Central. And it's a fabulous season, so make sure y'all watch it.
0: Please watch. So all of Carlos's information is gonna be in the description follow all of that stuff. Stop harassing him about housewives. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Duke of Shade. Uh, final thoughts? Arrest the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor. And that's it. Amen. I call that.